0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Doodles to Dollars podcast. I'm your host, Ksenia, brand and web designer for Visionary Solopreneurs. Today, we have Sayla Christensen on the show. Sayla is a stay-at-home mom, a wife, and a passionate advocate for small businesses mastering email marketing for unstoppable growth. Over the last nine years, she's worn many hats, Freelancer, business owner, and coach, all driven by her obsession with empowering businesses. She's helped a company skyrocket by a thousand percent just this year, with forty percent of their sales stemming from email campaigns. Her mission sharing these strategies to help more businesses thrive using the power of emails. Sayla shares her perspective on misconceptions about email marketing, how to choose the best email marketing platform for your business, and most common concerns when building a strategy. If that piques your interest, stick around as we dive in. This is going to be an amazing conversation, and I'm excited to hear what you think about it. Hi, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here to get the ball rolling. Can you share a bit more about yourself and what you do
1: and all that good stuff? Yeah, my name is Sayla Christensen. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I am the owner and operator of Surge Marketing Assistance, and I help people launch their email marketing platform. and. It's been so much fun. I've loved it. I've seen a lot of growth with one particular client. I mean, my only client for the last year. And then I've just recently started taking on new clients. And so here I am trying to get, you know, the word out about email marketing.
0: Awesome. Okay, cool. I'm very excited to have you on. I feel like email marketing is this, at least to me, it feels like this big thing that I'm like, I should have a list, but I have no idea where to start. So yeah, I'm very excited to chat with you and kind of to start things off. Tell us about your journey. I know it's been a while that you've been in this space. So yeah, take us through it all.
1: Yeah, so I actually grew up in a small town and was a three-sport athlete. And I had this one coach that really has kind of pushed me in my business in my business mindset, I know that that's kind of strange. But there was one particular moment in our relationship that really has stuck with me for a long time. And it's kind of created this like mindset for me. So I was on JV as a freshman, and the varsity coach came up to me in the middle of the game and was like, we need you to come play varsity. And I was like, Oh, uh, yeah, okay. And so I, you know, get all my stuff. And I'm like, super flustered. And you know, like move fields and stuff. And I get over there and he's like, you're up to bat. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And you know, I'm putting on my batting gloves. I'm like, what? Like what? What? You know, I was just super flustered. And he's like, don't get psyched out. They're playing the same game with the same ball. Just get up to the plate. I believe in you. You can do it. And I think that that's really applicable to business owners too, is because we see, especially in those first couple of years, you know, where you're like, I see people that are like, you know, five years ahead of me, six years ahead of me or like, and, and they, it's so daunting, right? And I really want to help business owners see that it's actually not as far away as you think that it is. And it can be even a little bit closer if you start making, you know, smarter decisions from the beginning. And I believe that one of those things is including an email marketing List in building your list. it's one of those things that really helps just like connect the dots for your customer journey, right? You have your discovery platforms like Instagram, and you need those, right? You need podcasts to help you be seen. You need Instagram and Facebook and all of those places to be seen, right? But then I feel like there's a lot of things that get missed in translation between Instagram and like making money, right? And there's a lot that has to happen between them for a customer. To be able to get there, and that's where email marketing comes in, and that's where that bridge is is built is between Instagram and your email list, and that's where the conversions happen. And sometimes I see, you know, oftentimes I'll get asked, "Oh, Sayla, so like, I have this big following, you know, like ten thousand followers, but I don't know how to monetize it, right?" And you're like, I tell them, "Okay, you need to build a list, you need to build a list," and they're like, oh, "I don't like, what would I say? What would I do?" You know, and and that's where that's where I come in, you know, that's. That's where you get a one on one with me for just a short amount of time, and we brainstorm right, and we figure out what you've already been doing so that you don't have to do more work, right yeah, and that's that's what people I think are really worried about a lot of time is that email marketing is gonna be so much more work for me, but the truth is you're already doing the work, you just don't realize it, right, and so that's kind of what like has led me to this moment where I've been trying so hard to get customers to see that their goals are closer than they even realize, right? Mm-hmm. And you can step up to the plate and play in the big leagues sooner than you think that you, you can. And that's what an email is. Nice. I
0: love how you tied that around. I was like, hmm, let me see. How is she going to do that? <laughs> no, that's pretty good. I feel like the thing that that reminds me of is I know in like personal development, there's always this talk of like a blind spot. And it really is like that thing that you don't know, right? Like so many, at least from my perspective, when I think of an email list, I'm like, oh, okay, I have to like set up the tech. I have to figure out the first like introduction, like all the nurture sequences and everything because I've seen other, like I've had clients that have that set up or they want me to go in and design it. So as a solo person, I'm like, oh, how do I even start? So I think that it's powerful that you have those sessions where it's not just, oh, follow this cookie cutter template. And do exactly what like a completely different business model is doing. Because obviously, the clients that I'm referring to from memory, like they have teams, they have like a completely different business that isn't design or whatever your industry is. So I think that's awesome that it really is that like, no, let's figure out what it is for you and make it super easy. So
1: and you know, and no one knows no one knows your business better than you do. And no one knows your your customer base and your audience better than you do. And that's why I think a lot of these, like, I don't know, you've probably seen some like, here's your, here's a free welcome sequence that you can have. And it's generated this amount of money for me and blah, 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 you know, and, and those are great. And that's a great place to, I think, get ideas. But I don't think that that is the right answer for every business, right? Because it's not the same experience for every customer in every business, right? And for every audience member, like they're at, they're all at different points in their customer journey. And that's where email marketing kind of shines is it's such a personalized approach when you let it, right? And I try and break it down so much so that it isn't so overwhelming, right? It's just, we're going to do one thing at a time. And then when we've got that under control, we're going to build on it, right? And you Mm -hmm. don't have to have, you don't have to have the how yet, right? I think as solopreneurs and business owners, we have this mindset of like, I have to, you know, know everything right now. And I have to do everything right now. And that's kind of just like the way we were like, we're just kind of made, you know, (laughs) we just, we have that mindset of like, I can do this myself. And I love people like that, because I am like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But... In order for us to be able to be successful, we do have to have those tools. And, and I can be, you know, people can be tools, right? And so that's where I kind of just, I try and transfer knowledge, right, from what I have learned to my clients so that they can have one session with me and then they can go and explore the platform a little bit more with more confidence, so much so that they can build their own integrations, right? Their own automations and their own sequences and an ex, an experiment with themselves. You know, I often say like this is really one big experiment. You know, life is one big experiment and when you think of it that way, you're really not really failing, right? You're never failing. It's just one big experiment and we're just going to keep experimenting, right? Until something sticks and then we're going to even fine tune that even more, right? One example I have is like this past summer we had one my client had a sale and the last sale didn't go as good and so we were really wanting to figure out you know like what was getting this customer base to to purchase. And so we did some I did 8 AB tests throughout like the weekend, right? So like I ended up creating 16 emails or something like that where it was like one tiny little tweak in the email and At the end of the weekend, I saved the last A-B test for everything that I have kind of learned, right? I like changed pictures. I changed wording. I changed the subject line to see which one was, you know, more enticing. And so then I used all of that information for the very last email, right? And I had two different call to actions on the buttons on it. And then at the end, I put those two together, right? And so I had one outperformed the other one by seven times. It had seven times the amount of sales than the other one. And I was like, what the heck? That's a, that's a huge difference. And so I was like, what? What was the difference? So I pulled him up and I was like, I don't even see the difference. And I made it. <laughs> and I, it took me a minute to figure out what it was, but it was the call to action. And I had forgotten about it. And it was the difference was that one of them said shop now. And one of them said save now. And so I figured out that our customers were way more inclined to click and purchase if they knew that they were getting more value out of just the product, right? So save now is incentivizing that they're also going to be getting more money or like, you know, saving more money. Shopping now is just like, you're just getting the product, right? And and saving was a lot more enticing to our customer base. So there's things like that. Where we can just fine tune a lot of sequences. And we'll usually start with like a welcome sequence, like you were talking about earlier. That's usually the first kind of automation that people set up. And of course, there's always a way for you to figure it out on your own, you know? And solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, we tend to do that anyways. (laughs) And so I like to I like to say, like, I just I'll give you one hour of my time and that will save you eight hours of your time. (laughs) And in the end, you know, time is money, especially for solopreneurs, one hour of your time is so much more as is, is higher commodity to me than, than even money can give, right? Yeah, that's so true. Whenever I think about like, hmm, how much time
0: will I save working with this person or using this tool? I always just refer back to my hourly rate because like, okay, that's even if I didn't have a client for that hour, that's how much my I'm saying my time is worth. So it's like okay, if it takes me ten hours, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Where I yeah, could just absolutely. Plan to like help me or even do it for cheaper if we're considering time. So yeah, I think that's really important to know. I'm excited. Email is such an interesting thing, so I'm excited. I love everything you're saying. I'm really curious if like along your journey from when you first had that moment with your coach to. Now, where you are in your business, are there other moments that really stick out like that to you? Maybe whether they're like key lessons or like pivot
1: points? I feel like I'm kind of living one of my key pivot points. (laughs) And that was like, that started probably like a couple months ago, the client that I'm currently working with, well, one of them, they're one of my bigger ones. And they just recently kind of had a big shift in their company. And they're kind of like reconfiguring and so I had this moment within myself where I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I trying to do here? You know? And so I looked back at, you know, I, I kind of lost, not lost touch, but their needs weren't as big as they were prior. And so I had I had this mentor that I was working with with that company. And so I kind of had stopped talking to her as much. <laughs> just because we didn't have as much work to do. And so, I mean, I still had my same amount of work, but she was kind of separating from the company. Anyways, so I had stopped talking to her as much. And so I realized that there was kind of like this void <laughs> inside of me and I had I had missed, you know, talking to her and stuff and I realized that I had been leaning a lot on on her confidence in me and it brought me back to that very moment with that one coach 12 years ago <laughs> where he was like I believe in you and his confidence in me is what helped me step into the batter's box right and I had realized that this previous mentor that I have been working with for the last 18 months had been that person for me and now I didn't have that person and all of a sudden I kind of felt like I didn't really know what to do and I didn't I didn't know what the next right step was and that made me think, okay, at what point am I going to stop relying on other people to be the confidant in me? And when am I going to step up to the plate purely because I know for myself that I can, I can be that, what I need to be for myself, right? I can be my own cheerleader. And so I started getting myself the tools that I needed, right? And I invested in a mastermind and I you know, started my website, and I started posting on Instagram again. And I started reaching out to podcasts like yours and, and things like that, where I started acting like I was, I believed in myself, versus acting for other people to believe in me. Mm. So that's, I would say I'm actively in a pivoting point (laughs) in Mm. my professional life and personal life. And really, like, the last 40 days that I've been like, in business, right? is has been the most transformational for me as a human being than it has been for like my business, right? And I like to think that especially as solopreneurs, like that's really what we love seeing as well as business is like we love seeing the change in ourselves. And it's really it's really super empowering to know that we have so much control over over our, our own future, right? And I think that that's what we really love to see as solopreneurs and small business owners.
0: Oh, that's so good. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is gold. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really powerful. I totally know what you mean of like, kind of relying on that person to tell you, oh, yeah, like, this is great. This is not great. Or you're doing good. Like, keep going. I totally relate to that. It's interesting. I don't know, how many people are going through this but I feel like at least right now and for those listening, we're recording like start of December 2023. I feel like a lot of people are in this like pivot or re like igniting their business. at least like I'll say for me, like I've been in business for seven years, which seems crazy to me. and I'm definitely like thinking back to the growth and the shifts. There's been really big ones in the past, especially when I was first starting out, forcing myself to network in person. This was before COVID. (laughs) This was when things had to be in person before everything went online. And thinking back, like, I do, I think I'm also right now in the period where it's like reigniting and being like, okay, who do I actually want to work with? How am I going to make this work on my terms? So it's interesting. I've noticed that with like a few other people I'm like, is there something in the air? Like, what's, are we just all in that way where we're like, I need a change?
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of it has to do with this time of year as well. But I think most of it has to do with the change that we've seen between 2020 and 2023, right? And, and how different our world is prior to COVID than it is now. And we've also seen like been firsthand in history right where we've seen entrepreneurs like night and day right that they take off and realizing that we have our own future in our hands right is is becoming more and more attainable right and for so long it felt like oh you know i'm going to i'm going to do the grind right i'm going to do the 9 to 5 and that's how i get where i want to be and and now we're seeing a lot more on social media where it's like, your future is actually in your hands, right? And you are in control of where you go and what you do and how you get there. And it's been a story since I think COVID really has been kind of the turning point for a lot of people. So it's mm-hmm. just been really interesting, especially going into a new year. I think people are kind of getting this, this bug of, you know yeah. what? I'm tired of letting someone else be in control of my future. I'm going to take hold of it, right? Yeah. With that shift, I don't know if you've seen this too, but especially maybe after
0: COVID or just with how much there was like, everyone was online, everything was everywhere, that I'm seeing a lot of people kind of craving the personal side of things. So personal connections, personal branding, where before maybe you would have had... Like I I know at least for me before I kind of hid behind an agency where I was like, Hey, I'm here, but that's like my name was like nowhere else. And now at least I've pivoted to more of a personal, still business, but more personal. So I'm curious if you see that too, especially with the emails or like with how they're set up or how they're written.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I really do I feel like especially consumers right now are very attentive. To personalized content, and very interested in more personalized approach to their business and to like getting consumers to participate in their business, right? And you know, oftentimes in marketing we say you're selling a feeling, right? You're not actually selling a product; you're selling a feeling. And I feel like now more than ever, it's been a time when you're selling you're selling a personalized relationship with your consumer versus we're selling you a product because there are, there's tons of ways to get what you want now. You know, you can get all sorts of coaching. You can get all sorts of, of skincare. You can get all sorts of whatever, whatever product it may be, but you're going to find the best product or service when you have a feeling of investment in that company, right? And that's why I think email marketing is so cool. It's because it allows you to be so personalized and in your relationship with your customer. One of my favorite recent automations that we implemented was for a client they needed, like they were having this this gap, right? Between social media and, and their conversions. And so I sat down with them and was like, you know, it looks like, you have a lot of people participating in your, in your emails, right? You have the open rate is high. So we know people are wanting to see what you're offering, right? And they're learning as they go. And so I said, let's segment them. So we separate people, right? Purely based on their behavior. So if they click on this specific link in this, cap, in this email, then we're going to put them over here in this little group. And what we're going to do with this little group is we're going to send them a very specific series of emails that will help them be more interested or feel like they have a better connection with your product and with you. Then we focus on the main majority of your email list, right? And so we called them like investigating customers, right? Cause they're, they're interested. They've, you know, expressed interest by even opting into the email. They've clicked on emails, you know, whatever value they're offering in their emails, like here, read this article, or here's three tips for doing this and this and this. Here's a product that goes with it, right? If they've clicked on things in there, they're interested in what you have to say. And so they've already, they're already further down on their conversion funnel, right? Their marketing funnel. Mm-hmm. They're closer to wanting to build their relationship with you. And so we, Went ahead and successfully integrated the app with them. And they started seeing conversions almost immediately when they started focusing on those people. So I think that there is just so much power in giving people a personalized experience, especially right now when there's so much, oh, like buzz about community, right? And how people are feeling really alone right now. And it's one thing, it's really a super powerful thing to feel connected so personally with a company so much so that you want to make a purchase with them and you want Mm -hmm. to support them and you want to see them succeed. And that's when you make a loyal customer base that really helps you set the foundation for growth in a sustainable way, right? Because they'll keep coming back because they're invested in your company and in you, not just your product, not because your product's great. And well, it is great. If you're trying to sell it, then you believe in it, right? And if you're trying, they'll be invested in you as a person. And so I think that that is just really powerful. And especially when Instagram has kind of started shifting, right? The way that we as consumers are seeing Instagram as more of like a sells, a selly place, you know, like it's a sale. I'm always being sold to on Instagram, right? Or it's too perfect. And I, all I see is the good things, right? It feels inauthentic. And so when you get so personal in a in a person's email box, I think it can be really powerful for a business and for their, their company overall, right? Yeah, I
0: can totally see that because even just thinking about how I personally as like even as a consumer, like, okay, how do I go through my emails? How do I go through Instagram? Usually on Instagram, unless someone's messaging me, or it's someone I know, I am like, In the explore page, wasting time watching cleaning videos. (laughs) So it's like not the place if you really want to contact me. But when I think about emails, it's like to me, at least emails are my to do list. So it's like, okay, who do I need to get back to? What do I want to check out? And even based on like the buying aspect of it, you're right. Like if it's personalized, if I actually know who the person is, if I trust them, then it stays in the inbox. But otherwise, it's like trash. Sorry, not going to stick around. So yeah, exactly. It's interesting to even I, see like the behaviors with email versus social media too. It's like better chances on email.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like emails ROI, the return on investment is for every $1 that you spend, the average is $40 in return. That's like a 4,000% return. And, and it is because you're just, you're landing in a place that you have control over, right? You control how often you are seen in their email inbox. Even if they don't open it, just visually seeing your name puts them, you know, right back into their brain. And for the purpose of, right, for Instagram, it's like, you're all, it's all up to the algorithm. Even like, you know, if you are being, if you're following someone, you don't even get to decide when someone sees your content right? It's a it's a total toss up. And so it's really hard to personalize their customer journey on Instagram, because you don't know, you don't have as much control over when they see your content versus email, you get to decide, right. And one of the things that I often like hear people talk about is when they get so caught up in what they're going to say in their emails that they just get like almost like deer in a headlight, right? Where mm-hmm. they're like, I, I don't even know what I would say. I, would, I There's nothing for me to say. And if you are providing value on Instagram in any way, shape or form, or if you're offering a service of any way, shape or form, you have something to say. You're just so used to it in your brain <laughs> that mm-hmm. you don't even realize the information that you have. And it's really cool to see people pull that together right from, Oh, I do actually have something to share. Oh, I do actually have things that are valuable that besides just my product, right? One place that I love to see people implement email marketing is estheticians. Hmm. Mainly be- and it's like, okay, like why? <laughs> and it's because there's so there's so much to skincare that it's like, you have so much value that you could be sharing. And you could be proving your expertise to your customer base. And then on top of that, you can be throwing in, hey, this is my, these are my specials on my products in my studio this week or my salon or whatever. And you're immediately getting into their email box again, right? Every single time you're just further creating that relationship and that intimate relationship with them and to a point where they are subconsciously getting used to your name and getting used to your presence that you become like this innate part of their life without even realizing it, right? So that's what one thing that I just, I, another thing, I just, I could talk about it all day long, but (laughs) that's just one thing I love about it. Awesome. So now
0: I'm curious, I know we've talked a lot about how email marketing definitely better ROI than Instagram and social media, but what are some misconceptions that you come across a lot other than it just seeming like it's this like,
1: super big thing? And what do I even talk about? So a common misconception I see is that people feel like they have to have a website to be able to build their list. And that's just that's not true. You know, most of the time I see people put like a link tree in their bio, right? That's pretty common. And it's pretty similar to that. Like you, you just need some way for people to opt in, right? But a ton of I would say most email marketing platforms offer a landing page for free. And that's because they want you to use it. They want you to they want you to build your list, so they're giving you an opportunity to do it completely free. And you can personalize that, you can use one of their templates. Like there's there's easy ways, easy, so easy to get a landing page and just put it in your bio, right? Another misconception I see is is that they have to be creating more content when in reality you can automate all of those things. We've kind of talked a little bit about a welcome series, and that's what I usually tell people to start with as a welcome series, but that's not always the right step for people. And one of the things that we I like to do with them is to create a freebie that they can offer a of value to help them build their list, right? And it doesn't take, it's only a one time. The misconception is that you have to reply to every single time someone opts into your email and it's actually just automated. And once you build it one time, it just goes on its own. Every time someone opts in, then it will be sent automatically. So the best thing about it is that it can be generating a relationship with your customers without minimal effort from you. It's just the initial time, you know, that you have to invest into creating it And then after that, it's just maintenance, right? And really the maintenance is just like, I'm going to look and see how well this specific email in my welcome series is doing. And let's check on the open rate and let's check on the click rate. And then let's check on, you know, let's see where people are going from there. Are they going to my website? Are they going to, are they going back to Instagram? You know, you kind of get to see where exactly your customers are going and what they're doing. And that's really the only thing that you have to do from there. And even then that's really optional. <laughs> you know, that's, that's really just so that you can make it better. Right. But the most important part is that you're even establishing a relationship with them and, and then going and building it from there. So, and you can like kind of what we talked about earlier, just basing your automations off of your customer's behavior. Right. Right. And maybe they click on a specific link in a specific email series, right? And you make that a quote unquote trigger that sparks another series of emails that gets them to go to, you know, let's say they start, you you have a skincare business. We'll just keep going with that train. You have a skincare business and they click on like, I need help with building my routine, right? And that takes them to a freebie that gives them kind of a breakdown, right? And they click on this specific product that you offer in that freebie, but they don't actually buy it. So that might trigger another set of of emails that will help them learn more about that product, right? There's lots of ways that you can automatically be helping your customers along in their buying journey without you just being there in their face all the time. You know, you have to just initially set it up and then it's done and you can send it on its way.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. So with freebies, is that a mo- Do you have to have something that is like, here, come, I'll give you this cookie or this PDF no. if you sign up? No, no,
1: no, absolutely, absolutely not. You do not have to have a freebie. That's just one way I suggest that you, you build your list and you, you know, get people's information. And I usually tell people that because it's kind of like their first transaction with you. Right, They are giving you their personal information in exchange for your value. And it's easier for you to make conversions when you know that they're already ha- kind of committed to the idea of your services so much so that they want a little bit of the information that you have to offer for free, right? So that's just one way that I, I tend to, you know, I tell people you can use a freebie, but you don't have to. There are lots of other ways to build your list. There's, you know, collaborations. I'm learning about a new way that you can do opt-ins on other people's websites. When other people opt in to their, like their audience opts into their subscriptions, then you can also be on that list and be like, Hey, check, take a look at my friends, like really cool stuff. Right? So there's other ways that you can build your list and you can collaborate in that way. You can do giveaways. You can do, Oh, all sorts of things. There's Yeah, there's giveaways, there's freebies, there's podcasts like this, just getting any way of discovery is a great way to build your list. And even just, you know, offering like, hey, if you want to know about when I'm going to be offering a discount on my services, or if you want tips or tricks in this way or that, right, that's a way that you can put in your stories, and you can build your list that way. You know, there's just there's so much more ways that you can offer value to someone in exchange for their information than just offering a freebie, right?
0: Mm -hmm. I know, at least for my personal journey, I feel like it's always like, oh, you have to have an opt-in or a PDF or something. And even as I've built sites for clients, it's like I get the incentive side. So it's nice to know there's options. Like you don't have to, but it probably benefits you to have it because it's easier for the customer to make that choice.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, like I said earlier, it's a great way to start that relationship, right? Start that relationship. And, and then you know for sure that these customers are the ones that are at least a little bit invested in what I'm offering. And you can really focus on kind of what we talked about, like segmenting your audience in that way. You can segment your audience into the ones that only opted into your freebie, right? Versus the ones that have already made a purchase. They're already on a different spot in your marketing funnel. They're on a different part of the journey, right? Than the people that are in the freebie that are, they opted into the freebie. So it just gives you another opportunity to really personalize your relationship with with people, right? With everything you mentioned
0: about automations, kind of tying it back into actionable steps, like how do you choose the best platform for email marketing? Do you have a favorite
1: or does it depend? Yeah, this is a great, this is a great question, because every email marketing platform is so different. And there's so many to choose from, that it can be super overwhelming. I remember when I was trying to choose one for my first client, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is so overwhelming. I have no idea. I probably spend like five hours at least trying to decide purely on what one to use. And so I often will tell people that they need to figure out what the purpose of their email marketing platform is right so for a service based business you know typically the purpose of your email marketing platform is going to be to just get people onto the list so that you can push the bigger service to them right i'd say you're probably going to be sending less amount of emails than like a product based business would would be because a product based business is probably going to be sending abandoned cart, right? Abandoned cart emails and, you know, sale emails and special offers and and things like that. So you're going to be sending a ton more emails for a product-based business than a service-based business. Most of the time, not always, but most of the time. So there's things like that, that you have to take into consideration when you're building or when you're even just considering getting your email platform set up, right? How many emails are you going to, are you going to send? Are you going to use SMS messaging? Are you going to be needing it to integrate with a specific website? Are you going to need a landing page? Are you going to need it to integrate with another customer based like operation? So like HubSpot or, you know, there's, there's tons of things to consider. And so, when you have that list kind of laid out, it's a lot easier to see what you're looking for in an email marketing platform. In fact, I have found this to be a consistent problem where people are like, I don't even know what I'm looking for. So much so that I, that's my freebie, is I offer a download that people can opt into. And it's a four page breakdown of what to consider, kind of what I've, a little bit just just a tiny snippet of what it offers is what I've already talked about you know the things that you have to consider but it also talks about what goals you need to consider what marketing goals you have and then it talks about actionable things that you the first thing that you need to do right so like you need to set up a business email you need to own a domain right and that's just those are just a few things that people don't consider when they're first starting out. And so I just kind of laid it all out there and it's all available. You can see that on my website or on my Instagram. I have those there too. We can talk about that, how they can find that later.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I know from my completely non email, what is it? Email illiterate, <laughs> <perspective>, <laughs> I just like, I've always just looked at the cost. Cause I know email platforms can get expensive, especially the more. Subscribers you have, so for me it was mm-hmm. like okay, and also seeing like I personally, I don't know your point of view on this. Of course, I think it depends on if it fits people, but I'm personally not a fan of Mailchimp. I don't know. If people oh,
1: have- <laughs> yeah, I'm personally not a fan of Mailchimp, <laughs> but you know there are people that are fans of Mailchimp, and and that's kind of where that that's another typical misconception. Actually, is that you can't have a email marketing platform, unless you have a large budget. Mm -hmm. And I beg to differ that almost every email marketing platform has a free option. Those free options all offer different things. And so actually, my freebie is it breaks down only the free plans, because I think that you should try it before you buy it. Mm -hmm. And so if you feel like there are, you know, certain aspects of one platform that you like versus another one, like you should try both, you know, you should go check them out. And you should see what you can what you can do with both of them. And then make a more educated decision. Right now, I'm on a free plan. You know, I don't need, I'm not sending an absurd amount of emails every week. I don't have like a product based business. So I'm just sending weekly emails, right? Newsletters kind of a thing, where we're talking about email marketing and like what's going on in the industry and things that you know, tips and tricks kind of a thing. I don't need as I'm not sending as many emails. I also don't have as many subscribers as, you know, someone with significant more time (laughs) on building their list than I have. But, you know, there's there's some platforms that let you send 10,000 emails and have 100 subscribers, right? Like, they're just they're all different. And that's why I kind of like, even when I was trying to decide for myself, I was like, I need a visual. (laughs) I need a visual way to say, okay, this platform has this thing and this platform has this thing or this one doesn't, you know, and so I laid that all out in my freebie, but you don't need, you don't need to invest any money really in an email marketing platform to get it going, to get it going and to start building your list. And that's why I think it's so cool is is because you can start moving people to the conversions and start making money in a more sustainable way before you're even investing in like social media management or even like a website if your website is under construction you know that's totally fine keep building your list you know let's get you a landing page easy you know and say okay we're well, our website's under construction but if you want to know when this and this and this is going to happen then opt in and we'll let you know as soon as it's available you know there's things like that that you can do for free and that's why it's super cool <laughs> It's yeah. because it doesn't have to be this money sucking part of your marketing plan, right? Mm-hmm. As maybe social media might be or ads like Google spend and, you know, all of those things.
0: Yeah. What are some common concerns that you see whenever you're building a strategy? Like if someone was to come to you for one of your sessions. Yeah. I'm curious. What do you hear? What are
1: some main concerns of like, ah, oh, how do I figure this out? Yeah. So some main concerns, let's see. Main concerns are, I don't know what to say. I don't have any value to share. And, and that's when we bring back the, you do have value to share. You're already sharing it. (laughs) We just have to reinvent it. Right. And so, and when they see, when they see that all they have to do is reinvent what they've already been doing, it becomes so much more attainable right it's it's the brain power of coming up with all of this new content that you're already trying so hard to do right i'm on social media i get it it's hard right it's hard to come up with fresh ideas and stuff but it's okay because like we've talked about earlier social media is inconsistent in how your customer sees your content and so that email is a great way to just reuse what you've already been doing I typically say like, okay, go. let's go back like six months, okay? And let's see what was working on your Instagram six months ago. And we'll take that and we'll reinvent it into an email. So most recently, I was talking with a client that she has been doing, She she's a home organizer. And so she offers, you know, tips and tricks for how to organize your pantry, your kitchen. And and so she had this one that went semi-viral in like six, six-ish months ago about a kitchen. And so I said, well, let's just do that again, you know, and let's, let's send it to the small, she had a small email list, but I tried to explain like, these people are already invested, right? They've already said one time by exchanging their personal information with you that they're invested in what you have to offer. And so maybe they just need one more step right before they book an appointment with you. So let's go ahead and reinvent that. And we'll send that to your invested email, you know, subscribers, and go from there. And she was really excited about that, because she was so worried she was going to have to come up with a whole new set of, of marketing for her email subscribers. Versus, you know, you don't have to do that, you can just reinvent what you've already done. And even combine a few things, you know, or you can offer a freebie like we've already talked about, or there's just, there's so many ways that you can add value to your customers' lives without having to sell them anything. And that's where people get, they see that you're really invested in in them as a customer is when you're offering, you know, things of value that they don't have to, they don't have to exchange so much information for or money, particularly, right? That is where your relationship starts to build with
0: them. So when starting out the email list, say we're going from scratch, I like use me as an example where it's like it's zero, but I know I have clients, like I've obviously worked with people in that area where there's like zero email list, but there are clients, maybe some of them are fit, maybe some of them would want to opt in. Do you still keep it separate or do you kind of like smush them together? Like, yeah, Yeah. I guess I'm curious, like, how do you manage the people, like connections you make on social media or by offering freebies with people that you've previously worked with?
1: Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. just curious. Yeah, absolutely. So for your case, particularly, I would say you probably have a list of clients, right? And I would have you make your opt in and then I would send them even a personal, like message with your own email that they recognize and say, Hey, I'm doing this newsletter every week. I feel like you would find great value in it. Here's where you can opt into it, right? And let that be a choice for them, because you don't want them to get into a list that they don't want to be in, right? There's nothing worse than getting an email where you're like, I don't actually know where I got this email from. Like, that's kind of creepy. How'd you get my information? You know, that's weird. So just giving that them that opportunity to make that choice for themselves, right? And you could even follow up, you know, in a couple of weeks and say, Hey, I noticed you didn't opt in. Is there Something in particular that you feel like would be valuable that I offer, you know, is there a specific topic that you feel like you could use help with, you know, and that I could address in my newsletters because most likely if you have a question, then other people have a question about it, right? And so just keeping that relationship in their court, right? But making sure that you're still actively engaged with them, I think is a really great way to naturally build your list with current clients, right? Yeah, that's that's good to know. It's
0: pretty, I think like what I'm getting a lot from the emailing side of things is it's always their choice. So like they opted in, then you know like they're interested, they click the button, you know they're even more interested. So I think, yeah, it's interesting. The thing that comes to mind is how email is definitely a choice, or maybe social media isn't. Like you don't have a choice of who shows up on your feed or even who sees your post. So Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that there is a lot of power in letting the customer decide, right? There's a mm-hmm. lot of power in knowing that even if you don't want to necessarily purchase right now, I value our relationship, right? And yeah. it's not just you're not just a follower. You're not just a number, right? And versus Instagram is is that way. Recently, I don't know, have you heard of Jane.com? No. Sounds it's, familiar. It's bro. It's a website. It's similar to Etsy where business owners can put their products online at like a discounted price. And recently, they're based out of Utah, where I'm currently living. And they recently just shut their doors without any warning at all. And it's so much so that it's created quite a buzz (laughs) because there are business owners that didn't get their payout and now they're out tens of thousands of dollars. And it's really terribly unfortunate and horrible and and it's kind of like helped me to to really push for look you can't own when you know this platform that you're on you don't own that you don't own your instagram followers you don't own your linkedin followers you know you don't own those things but you can own your business list in fact when you're selling a business I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know this, but you can sell your email list as an asset as part of the sale that will make you money. right? So if you have more emails that are engaged with like whatever, a click rate of 2% or whatever, you know, you can leverage that in your sale of your business. So there's more reasons than just getting consistently in front of your customers to build an email list. There's, you know, it's actually an asset for your business. So I often bring back that example of you don't you don't own your your followers you know and and that was like right before black friday and they had already purchased all of their inventory but they had no way to sell it and no way to reach the customers that had been buying off of them on jane.com because jane.com owned those email addresses not them it's just terribly unfortunate and as a good reminder about why it's so important to build your own list and own that relationship with the customer. Yeah, Yeah, I,
0: I use the same thing from the perspective of your website, right? Like, like with the list, you can download it, you can take it somewhere else. Also, why I'm very much a WordPress girly, because you can download it. And it's yours. There are files, you can take them, you can move them somewhere else. And it's yours. Like it's, Fully you own it versus social media. So, a wonderful thing to end on. My last question for you, though, kind of coming back to your journey. If you could go back to any point in your journey and say something to yourself, what would you say and where would you go?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Oh, what would I say to myself? Probably that you are so much more valuable than you give yourself credit for, you have so much more to offer than you think that you do. Yeah. I think that's what I would tell myself. It wouldn't be super. (laughs) I don't regret any part of my journey, you know, but I do wish that I valued what my, what knowledge I did have more. Cause I think that that would have saved me a lot of heartache.
0: Yeah. That's such a good one. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I love this conversation. It's yeah. I feel like it's going to be a really good one. So tell us
1: where people can find you, what you're up to, any of your offers. We've kind of talked about a little bit, but I'm just starting out, you know. So by the time this episode uploads, I'm hoping to have a group class ready to go or some sort of membership. So if people want to know more about that, you know, I really think that most solopreneurs don't have the opportunity to invest fully in like a, here, I'll build your whole system, you know, and that's just not feasible for a lot of people. And so I'm creating more opportunities for for business owners to learn themselves, and to be able to take ownership of it. And I really do think that you can make better business decisions down the road when you know a little bit more about, you know, social media management, and email marketing management and and things like that, and, and what you're getting out of other people, right? So That's what I'm going to be offering probably in January. I hope so. You can find that on my website at searchassisting.com. And you can find me on Instagram at searchassisting as well. And you can find me on LinkedIn, Selah Christensen. And if you want, you can opt into that freebie. It's available on my website. It should be a pop-up. Or you can click the link in my bio on Instagram as well. Yay. Okay, awesome. I'm definitely going
0: to be signing up for that freebie. And I'm excited to really see that. come out because I know it's going to be so helpful and I totally agree with it sometimes not being feasible to me to make these big moves so yeah I'm very excited thank you so much for coming on thanks so much for having me thank you for joining us for today's episode I'm very excited for this podcast and I'd love to hear any feedback what you thought about it please let me know as I want to make this a very useful resource for you We have some amazing interviews coming up, as well as some solo episodes, so keep an eye out for those, subscribe if you want to be notified when those come out, and have them automatically go into your podcast player of choice. If you prefer to read the transcript, head over to ksenia.co slash podcast. That's ksenia.co slash podcast. All the links mentioned will be in the show notes and also on the podcast page on my site. And lastly, if you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a topic you'd like me to cover, please reach out to me at podcast at And that concludes our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, please give me feedback. I want to make this really awesome for you, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening.